Honestly, thought that it's not your fault was not going to make the album. I thought it was going to be in the bottom three for everybody. And for me, there were songs like "Always October" or, or songs that I really felt strongly about. And I, I was willing to—I don't know—I want to say willing, but just, I was okay with this. This will just—we'll just record it and we'll have it. And then if we need some bonus release footage or. Here's some surprise, you know, down the road. Maybe that's why it was so easy because we did it really quickly. Um, it's a very simple song. The structure's super easy. Welcome back to Talking Circles podcast about Umphreys McGee's 2022 album, Asking for a Friend. Today, on the final episode of the series, we're talking about the song, It's Not Your Fault. Talking about this song led to a conversation about Brendan Bayless's long-standing appreciation of Neil Young, which we are including here as part of this final episode. There's one part where we, we do the riff and we count to three, and then there's one part where we do the riff and count to four. Which I think that's just classic Humphreys where we used to make things really difficult and challenging. We'd do weird numbers just because, well, why does it have to always be four? So this was one where I think it was so simple that we could put a little, a little t odd time meter in there just to kind of make it, I don't know, more legitimate. <laughs> and it was funny because we sound checked it for the first time last week. And I think everybody forgot about the four three part, <laughs> and we messed it up. I was like, "Oh, yeah, three, four, no, four, three. That's just a little Umphreysism, kind of make it sparkle."
As part of this conversation about the potential to overcomplicate simple songs, Brendan talked about how the band got going in that direction in the first place. When we first started writing, everything was uh, new, and the the music at the time that was on the radio was garbage. So we were all listening to progressive rock, and I, I remember, you know, consciously listening to Billy Cobham and to Mahavishnu Orchestra and to a lot of Zappa and Yes and all this stuff that none of that shit was a chord changed to a third chord verse chord it was all complicated so that's all we listened to and we made things difficult for difficult sake is we felt like that was a going to challenge us but also we had chops and we had pride and we were trying to show off not show off but just demonstrate that hey we can play so let's let's show that in our compositions each one is its own thing now. It doesn't have to always be difficult. So this simple song, It's Not Your Fault, has that one little odd time thing, but it's not, it's not done in a way that's out of spite. <laughs> it actually, I think, serves the song. I have a giant poster. You can't see it. It's in the in my back music room, and it's this giant poster. It says, what would Neil Young do? And I often kind of think about that. And even if it's not musical, what would he do? He would just be cool. Welcome to the Neil Young Appreciation section of the podcast. Talking Circles producer Brian Brinkman, also a huge Neil fan, has been trying to get Brendan to wax poetic about Neil all season. And finally, we've arrived. I have good friends that hate him, and it's just—it's just I don't understand. And I, to this day, I still will take the bait and get in that argument every time. I look at Neil Young, and you look at his career as you know he went in this—you know—from Buffalo Springfield to you know probably the biggest band at the time, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, that was touring with with just guitars. They were playing stadiums. And then going to Crazy Horse, like he's been up and down to theaters, and then to stadiums, and then back down to theaters and clubs, and he's kind of had this career that has never been just like always slam dunk. And I respect that. He just kind of puts his head down. I don't know. It must be nice though, because you know when you have writing credit and you're getting all those royalties from those songs from the '60s, it gives you a little breathing room where it doesn't matter if you're not selling out at stadium. So again, that's the, I, w- I can't compare myself to them because I wouldn't know what that breathing room would feel like, you know. The breathing room is going to come through V8 juice. <laughs> As we got further into the discussion of Neil Young, Bayless shared his respect for Neil's wide range. After the gold rush, that I love. See, it's weird because it's like I like the some of his piano stuff, but I love the the crazy horse stuff. I think with the live at Massey Hall show he does in Ontario, he's got old. He's that that this, within maybe two years he writes all those songs. 
Hitchhiker just came out, Pocahontas, like that stuff. I, I have eras of him. How about this? I have eras of him that I don't like. I don't like a lot of the stuff he did after the 70s. Like the whole This Notes For You, all that stuff, I, I can't do it. And then Rockin' a Free, I jump off, and then I jump back on for Harvest Moon. And Harvest Moon is awesome. And if Neil Young makes him feel slightly self-conscious about making music, he's not hiding it. Well, all the musicians that I love and respect and look up to are in such a different, I don't know, echelon, different category. I feel, I've always kind of felt like I'm looking up, like I'm going to get busted any day now. Like we're, we're kind of like sneaking under the radar. Do we, I, I'm always not self-deprecating, but I just, like for example, if we're headlining a festival, I'm always like, oh, can't be that good if we're the headliners. So... In comparison to all the music I listen to, I wouldn't even compare myself to any of these people. As we close out this series, looking at the making of Asking for a Friend, Brendan reflected on the band celebrating its 25th anniversary. If you would have told me 25 years ago that I'd be looking at a 25th anniversary tour, I would have, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. Just the, mathematically, the odds of pulling anything, anything, in any, I don't care what line of work it is, just to stay employed for 25 years doing anything is, is a challenge in itself, let alone something where there's as much emotional investment. Because when you're in a band like this, it's not like a nine to five job where it's Friday and you clock out and you don't take any of that home and then you don't have to think about it until Monday morning at 9 a.m. It's, it's very different. So it's not lost on me how special it is. The band's 25th anniversary tour will kick off in January of 2023. And that's a wrap for us. We want to thank you for listening to this podcast about the making of Asking for a Friend. We hope this has given you a behind-the-scenes look at the making of these songs and a greater appreciation for the album. Thank you, and get home safe. Talking Circles is a production of Osiris Media and Umphreys McGee. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Written and produced by Brian Brinkman, RJB, and Kevin Browning. All interviews and audio used with permission from Umphreys McGee. Osiris.